What is up, basketball fans? Welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops. And surely nothing dramatic has happened in the NBA in the past couple of days. Nothing. So probably just be a run-of-the-mill show. Steve, Jake, and Donnie, as always, just talking. Talking normal hoops a couple weeks into the season. Nothing crazy. Wrong. The Brooklyn Nets. I just wish it was someone else. (laughs) I, I, Why I, is I, the I, same I, team? <laughs> oh, my God. I think they, you, they can't get out of the spotlight. They can't. They really it's, can't. And it's, and it's just for shit like this. It's, it's for a just team for that nobody cares about like in this, their right? own city, they're <sighs> taking up a lot of national headspace. Yeah. Um, it probably would have been just better if we got like some crazy trade drama throughout the summer with Kyrie and KD. I think we probably could have avoided having to talk about them not only throughout the summer, but mm-hmm. to start the regular season too. But no, here we are. Uh, we might as well just call this the uh, the Brooklyn Nets chatter podcast because um, that's what it seems like it turns into at least a couple times a month. But as all of you know, Steve Nash and the Brooklyn Nets have parted ways, which means Steve Nash got fired because he was doing a poor job as a head coach. But who can blame him? The Brooklyn Nets are an absolute mess. Um, too many personalities, too many egos. Uh, and then literally right after, probably like an at most an hour went by before we saw the reports of Ime Udoka becoming the front runner to land the Nets job. And then ultimately him leaving the Boston Celtics after they granted him the permission to interview and the Nets give it to Ime Odoka. So within, you know, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know if they've set a game of when he's going to start coaching, but we saw them play last night with an interim head coach. Um, They lost to the Chicago Bulls. Kyrie played horribly again. And here we are with the Brooklyn Nets that are playing bad and now have a head coach with yeah, just the utmost drama behind him as, <laughs> yeah. as you can have. So the even I don't think it's like they haven't officially signed Ime, right? But it was pretty much right after Shams and Woj were like, this is going to happen very quickly. Yeah. I'm sure there's some kind of betting and like I don't even know what the process I it's such a weird situation from the Ime part side of it because why did the Celtics not really just fire this guy in the first place if he was going to be allowed to coach what is the point like all the verbiage surrounding everything is super weird and he's gonna if he gets hired as a head coach of another team he's gonna have to sit in front like the Nets have to know that that first press conference is it, that's all that's going to be talked about. Like this, we haven't heard anything. Have we Kyrie heard from Ime. We haven't heard. Well, Kyrie's a whole different thing. We haven't heard from Ime yet at all since then. Though. So that's no. like the weirdest thing. Touching on the Kyrie thing, if you guys, anybody who didn't wasn't aware, posted on his Twitter the other day um, some movie that people who actually watched this watched the video said it was very anti-Semitic, spreading anti-Semitic. Yep verbiage and and ideas and everything else i take this from i listen to balmani jones a couple times a week and i take this from him because he went through and he was like i thought about watching it and then i looked and saw it was three hours and 40 minutes and it was 12 dollars for the rental now that might have been a hike price because because they were like let's take advantage of this attention tweet brought to it but do you he made the best point i've heard anybody make about this do you really think Kyrie irving watched all three hours and 40 minutes no. of this film no no he is just did saying, you hear his explanation um, too 
he was just like, well, he was like, yeah, that's that's what I was doing that night. So I posted it on my yeah. socials, watched the watched the movie, and then didn't worry about it. For it like, someone that wants us to think he's so smart, that would be probably the dumbest assumption of social media in the world yeah. I've ever heard in my life. So we know why he's doing it. It's probably in support of Kanye in some way, or just him trying to put out some a subliminal message and everything else, whatever. But that's another part of the he is. He's basically on what team is going to trade for him at this point. Who, who knows what kind of suspension the league. I'm sure the league and the Nets are talking about something to do with this, regardless if he took it down, anything else. But the situation itself is just more of a tire fire anyways. So I just wanted to give the Kyrie background to then adding in the head coach who just got basically shadow fired by a team, your Boston Celtics, who made the NBA Finals last year. Not just some scrub organization, the team who was in the Finals last year. They're going to bring him in, and he's going to end his first press conference. I feel bad as a PR professional in my day job for the Nets PR. Honestly, I would have quit during the summer from the Nets PR team. But now I I think they all should quit yesterday. Definitely. And yeah. what about the what about the Steve Nash portion of this though, either of you guys? Because did he just not get the job done or was this inevitable when KD basically called for his head? I mean, I think that's kind of what it was, right? Like he didn't have ever win that locker room over. And I don't think he was ever really a great head coach. He didn't really have the resume. But once you lose the players, once you lose the star, NBA is a star driven league. And when KD says he wants him out, the Nets want to do whatever they can to try to keep KD. I think that's kind of what we've seen at this point because Kyrie's turned into a complete mess. We don't really even know what we're seeing from Ben Simmons, even though like we've seen him a little bit. But KD How is about the guy. The rumor, the rumor on Nets Twitter today that there was a team, a Western Conference team that's shopping shooters that said Ben Simmons was offered in a trade. Mm-hmm. That's from I Nets mean, reporters too, yeah. not, not another team's. I mean, I don't hate it, but I think the Nets have figured out that the only guy that they could tr- probably try to keep in trust at this point is KD. And he's been deservedly so earning that type of trust because oh, he's, he's been, been balling bold. out this year. But when KD calls for a coach's head, we've seen this all the time with other stars. When they say that we don't like a coach, very next year that coach is gone. And slow start to the season for the Nets. Kevin Durant playing great more stuff going on more distractions beside everything that's happening on the court i think it was inevitable that steve nash was going to get fired now i don't think he's a great head coach i thought he was a great player and players sometimes just don't translate to good coaches but you have to be a tough head coach and you have to be someone who's able to control this locker room because this locker room is all over the place and steve nash i think was the opposite personality of that so the um the nets are moving on and they're, they're going the complete opposite of Steve Nash is where they're moving on. But, you know, I, I don't think it should be shocking to anyone that Steve Nash is gone, especially this early in the year. I think a lot of us, I think we were talking about that we thought he could have been gone before the year started. And it's interesting yeah. interesting the way the reports came out because Woj said that they were fired and yeah. the Nets said that they mutually parted ways. And I feel like maybe it's firing officially, but Steve was also like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. And that was kind of the t- the discussion that Marks led in, at least what they had. They weren't responding to Nash, obviously. I think we could we could all see that. They weren't responding. Yeah, that was his exact quote, right? Yeah. Like, they said, yeah. Just From Steve listening. Nash, they weren't responding. Yeah. They're not responding to me in, in right. that vein. But also maybe a guy who's fed up with, didn't ask for all this non- drama that no. he's dealing with. I don't think anyone would ask for this. <laughs> see, I mean, no. That's where I agree, Steve. Like, 
I I don't think Steve Nash is a, g- a good head coach, but at the same time, like Steve Kerr Did put it perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Steve Kerr yeah. said, like, I, I would have failed the exact same way he did in this situation. Yeah. Like, it, he, he basically was set up for failure. Now, I don't think he can – I don't think he can get off that easy with, like, last year because last year he still coached poorly and there wasn't as much drama. Of course, still a very tough situation to try to coach. But this year, like, I think anyone who had this job is going get to get a pass – um, it, it's just it's crazy between Ben Simmons finally being back and then not looking like he's even a help to the team when he's on the court, already missing games now. Um, Kyrie between you know the anti-Semitic stuff that he's putting out online and then not performing on the court, and then you have solid KD who is the only one performing well, but apparently doesn't like you and asks for your job and for you to be gone. So it's like who could actually even succeed in that role? I mean, if Steve Kerr, who's one of the best coaches in the NBA, is saying that he wouldn't be able to, I don't think anyone could. It's it's just a wild, wild situation. And it's crazy because we say who could coach this group, like who can actually yeah. get a hold of these guys. It's Ime. Ime is and, the guy, but... And Ime, a guy who knows Sean Marks, like they're, they're great friends going back Very to close with Kevin Durant. Out. Very close with Durant, very close with Kyrie and the team from Patty USA Mills. Days. Patty Mills, yeah. It, it's <laughs> it's obviously a perfect situation, but like not with the past, not with what just happened a few months but ago. We don't know why, why are the Nets willing to give him a job? Right, the Celtics were trying to fire him. So and there's sucks- some sort of dis- level of disconnect between yeah. organization, organizationally between Brooklyn and Boston, for either. Obviously, the level of desperation for Brooklyn is way higher than Boston yes. in that moment. Boston was trying to maintain and clearly knew the building blocks they had and has a coach that they like in Joe Missoula, who is clearly turning out to be doing a good job so far, um, at mm-hmm. least very early on. But Brooklyn is desperate. But if his if he was seriously basically fired or suspended for a year, what is the disconnect between organizations that he will be allowed to coach potentially 10 games into the season compared to not being allowed to coach for the whole season? And if he does sign with the Nets, then we're, we're going to find out some of those. Hopefully we have to, some right? of those answers. Like I, you have like to get something very minimum. We, yeah, we must because you, you can't just, it can't just be like, I've, I've atoned for my sins. I'm apologizing yeah. for everybody I hurt and move on. Like, it, no, you can't go from it. being like potentially suspended <laughs> the entire year to, Oh, you're the first guy that Nets want for their head coach. Have you, if you get either, you guys seen the what show, about bag, the, the show baggage, the late night show game, the game yeah. station network or whatnot with Jerry Springer. It's yeah. like he opened up the first two bags and the Nets, chosen without revealing the final big bag of what it is and it's if they do know and they're not telling us then all right whatever but we still don't really know exactly everything that happened and it's just like it was it was the quickest turnaround right it was like steve nash is gone and within what 12 hours we're getting email it was like a hour it was like yeah. an hour 
it was, it was the first name that popped up too. It was Ime Doka. They threw Dan Tony, whoever else in there. But it was Quinn obvious. Snyder, I think, yeah. It was obvious we knew who they were targeting. Number one, like, they, yeah. Like, when you see that, yeah, list, they got to throw because nobody thought, nobody was even thinking. Were you thinking when you saw Steve Nash was fired? Ime Doka is definitely getting hired to the Nets. No, no. I thought Dan Tony. I wasn't even thinking about yeah. Quinn Snyder. I was like Dan Tony. Oh, they got Jacques Vaughn. Like Jacques Vaughn didn't get a fair shot. Maybe they just keep him. Like that's where my head went to. And then I saw that Udoka, and then it's just like, what the fuck? Like it was already, and I know for you, Donnie, it's such a confounding story, and nobody really has any answers anywhere. And just this turn of it, what's it going to yeah. be like? He coaches Brooklyn, and there's a game in Boston. What is that going to be like? Kyrie and Ime Udoka. I don't want to know if this game's in Boston, but there is. We the first Celtics Nets game is December fourth, so it's not far away. It's a little more than a month here, and it. it, I mean, it's going to be interesting to say the least. The thing that's crazy, Jake, and like you kind of started to allude to it there. It's like we we try to form opinions on this, but it's so hard to when you still don't know. It's like. The Celtics organization, for all we know, could have like at least a little bit of fault in this. Like they could have either. The only person I've trusted on the matter so far is Richard Jefferson tweeted like very shortly after having like when you guys find out what this is about and did like the little that emoji and then put a mean girls post under it. So Richard Jefferson wouldn't say anything unless he knew it. And that just made it sound like it was like some of the most ridiculous drama we w- we could possibly hear and that's why it's not being covered up because mm-hmm. of how bad it was be- it's mm-hmm. because of how ridiculous it is it's, yeah. it's going to see once we get to that point and that could be the disconnect in the organization if it was if this say i'm not going to speculate on who this could be and anybody else but if this relationship was with certain people if you're in a workplace and you have a relationship with a certain superior compared to another superior or even level per- of person that's going to affect a f- or you know affect people differently every person differently when yeah find out. and it, maybe it was the wrong person and this is how it spun out of control like that's always been kind of my idea is it was just wrong person wrong time more than yeah. anything else because this is not if- unheard i guarantee you it's not unheard of what happened from the no, no. and, no. and it's like you have to assume it like and I don't again. We have to choose our words carefully here. Um, but you have the to next assume. game, the first game in Boston, by the way, is not till February first. So we got some time till. Oh wow! February. Yeah, we got a lot of time. First two, the first two are in Brooklyn. Anyways, keep going. No, it's just it's crazy because like we have to assume that it's nothing, and if it is like a legal matter, it can't be that that bad because the NBA hasn't even like tried to look into this at all. Like. No. They let the Celtics, the Celtics. Yeah. yeah, they let the Celtics like take their course of action. They suspended them for a year and then it was hush. And like, and now they're not, uh, I just as far as I know, they're they not looking into them it again. For a year. And I feel bad, like, I feel bad for I the don't... players at this point too, because these guys loved him. Obviously, they bought into him so quickly. He brought him to the finals, like, bonds were made. But then I'm seeing these rumors yesterday. And, of course, all of this is just rumors. It's just stuff that we don't know anything because nothing's been confirmed. But I'm I'm starting to read yesterday that there is a certain player who was, like, a, a, a legit, like, got a lot of minutes, was important to this team, that they didn't name names, but apparently butted heads with Ime since he walked in the building, never saw eye to eye, didn't agree with his coaching uh, system, and so, like, I think a lot of people think to Marcus Smart because, like, that's 
like I think just from his personality and like how he's been with other players in the past, maybe people are like, oh, he's the guy who's hard to get along with. But then Smart comes out with this quote today and says, Ime's name got slandered and slaughtered. It was, he'll probably never coach again. And a couple months later, he's going to be the coach of one of our biggest rivals. It's tough. It makes no sense. So, like, that makes me think it wasn't Smart who was butting heads with him. And obviously, I, these players I would think are it's like, the guy who signed with Donda Sports. That's who I think he's butting heads with. But uh, that's that's my thought, too, because Jalen, as soon as Woj tweeted that Ime was going to be the coach of the Nets, shared the Woj tweet on his Instagram story. And, like, Celtics beat writers are speculating that, like, this this is him like kind of being like okay i'm glad you're the one that went to brooklyn because people believe that ime was like the one pushing hard to trade mm-hmm. jalen for kd when brad wasn't really about it so maybe that's where the feud began between those two like ime never really believed in him um and jalen actually made a comment after the wizards uh after the win over the wizards on sunday where he was saying it's nice having a leader and like a coach who doesn't think you have a ceiling or like something like that like something about like capping his potential he's like joe like believes in me like believes i can get better and like this and that so signs point to jalen but like either way this is super like let's not forget how weird this is for the celtics players as well oh i i couldn't even imagine what it's like in that (laughs) locker room like not even like just today yesterday and for missoula like like and for Missoula. Yeah. And also, you got a, the, the great point I read in the ESPN article. I think it was Windhorse who had a nice write-up on the Sean Marks press conference yesterday. A lot of Ime's staff is now on the Celtics. If he gets a job in Brooklyn, how many of those guys are – not probably yeah, not during like, the season, but they're going to – Joe Missoula is going to know that they're going to have – some of them at least are going to have wandering eyes towards Brooklyn. Right. That's going to be a weird dynamic the whole season too. It's just the fact that there has been really no time to sit with this. Like if Ime was going to – if the reason for the suspension, I'm assuming – I keep asking why they do it. It was because they wanted him to go away for a year. Everybody did, let Joe Missoula get comfortable and then they – Yeah, let cooler they, heads prevail. Yeah. And probably – Got to work things out. Yeah, and now I think they see an opportunity for them to kind of just cut bait and be like, all right, we can get rid of this dude and get rid of the headache and send him somewhere else. And it's just – I didn't. Th- I don't think anybody thought it was going to happen this quickly. No. Not only seven games into the season. Like, I didn't think this – I didn't think this would be a week three topic about a coaching change and even a dope coming back at all. Definitely not. Well, let me ask you guys this. What – like, do you guys think – Ime fixes the, the nets. Like I don't like you could you could argue this is a, a bad move for the Nets organization. Steve, you go. I mean, you can argue it. I think if we're just taking everything outside of basketball, just set aside all the distractions, sure. just talk about head coach. I think Ime's a much better head coach than Steve Nash. I think he got a lot out of that Celtics team last year. And the biggest thing we saw with the Celtics team, which is why I kind of give him a little bit the benefit of the doubt in Brooklyn, is that team got better as the year went on. They started off yeah. slow, Donnie. They started off really slow. They didn't look great, and they got better as the year went on. And not only did they get better, they became the best defense in the NBA. They went from not a great defense to the best defense. And what is one thing Brooklyn is doing this year? They aren't playing defense whatsoever. They've been 
awful at defense. I think Jake takes the over in every Brooklyn game that's existed this year because for the simple fact that they just don't play defense. Um, So that, if we're just taking all the distractions, take that all, just pretend it's just in a vacuum, Steve Nash versus Udoka as a head coach. I think Udoka is going to get a lot more out of this Nets team than Nash will. And also, too, we talked about it with how Kevin Durant did not like Steve Nash. He was basically calling for his head. Kevin Durant likes Ime Udoka, or so we think. Kevin Durant changes his opinion, it feels like, every single week. But for the time being, if your star player's buying into your new head coach, it's going to help your team overall. Now, I don't think he's just going to turn the Brooklyn Nets into a great team and to the potential that I think a lot of people thought they'd have. It may be a slower process. But if we're taking all the distractions set aside, which you really can't do when you're fully evaluating this, but just from a coaching perspective, I think it's a better move. However, we still don't really know everything that's, you know, all the distractions, everything that's coming with Udoka to the Nets. So we will see and we'll find out. I'm sure more news will leak, especially once he starts coaching for Brooklyn. But if we're looking at as a head coach, Dunny, and you're the you're a Celtics guy. He was a great head coach last year. We we can't dispute that fact. He was a great head coach. He got the best out of his team, and the Celtics were the most improved team in this the NBA season last year. They were not a championship caliber, borderline, a very good playoff team at the start of the year, and then at the end of the year, they were one of the best teams in the NBA. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Like. Coach for coach, obviously a huge upgrade, um, in my opinion. It's just – and I think, obviously, this is miles better for KD, which is scary. Like, we might see a better version of Kevin Durant with this. He's going nuts right now. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the thing that, like, just can't get myself to be like, oh, my God, like – we ju- we're miss now we're just letting our coach who brought us to the NBA championship walk and he's going to our rival and Kyrie's there and we didn't get KD this summer and it's going to be a mess for me like I'm not thinking like that until I see guys like Simmons and Kyrie be able to buy in for this head coach too because I don't think KD KD's so good he doesn't need to buy in I mean we saw that with Nash he didn't even like the guy and he was still balling Kyrie is supposedly bought in and last night he you know he still shoots two for 12 some games and puts up four points like when Kyrie's head's out of it he's out of it and I, yeah. we haven't come across anyone except for maybe LeBron for a few years that could get Kyrie to just play basketball and kind of like not let his head spiral out of control so he's and then the Benson, reason he's the reason I don't care who the coach is because that guy is still being relied upon and clearly right. it's yeah. just more and more unreliable as it like agreed what le- what depths can Kyrie go to at this point to to tank a season? Because he's done basically just about everything, and there's no sign. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason to think it's going to stop. Yeah, like, there's no reason to think he's not going to do and something like, else dumb in a month. The thing we started the show with, like the whole anti-Semitic thing, like that's not going away. You you nope. talked about it, Jake. Like we haven't seen any league repercussions, but like I I don't think this is the end of this situation. Charles Barkley called for him. To be he hasn't suspended. done media. He hasn't done media since the press conference that you referred to earlier. He's gonna right. have to. The second he steps in front of cameras again, it's gonna be right back. It's the, if if the media is being responsible, those are the first questions coming out. So he is going to have to answer to this again. And to that point, I don't know. I don't trust him to to keep his composure in that situation unless no. there is some kind of action that's been taking Apparently, place. the Nets don't either because I'm sorry, that's that's lame as hell. That's weak. Oh, that's cowardly from Sean Marks to do it. How do you not get suspended night. indefinitely? 
indefinitely. Yeah. Like, and yeah. like what dude, like Marshawn Lynch used to get fined for giving bad answers at his press conference, let alone yeah. just saying he's not going to talk to the media. Mm-hmm. Like this, that is right. wild. Like you can't it can't be both ways with, with athletes like this. And like, and I'm not just like, I'm not trying to rant here. I know I it is just this past, guy. Like, it is, it's this guy though. Right. It's, this yeah. it's like, when are we going to stop dude? Like yeah. you can't just say or do whatever you want. And then also make these millions. Of, like it's kind of the same thing. Stephen A always says, it's like, dude, your box office, you put asses in seat. Everyone knows that about you, but you, that doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. Right. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. As far, I think as as long as Brooklyn has that issue going on, and then you know they're bringing in Ime, who's a great coach, huge upgrade over Nash. Don't disagree with that, but like they're bringing all the baggage that's coming with him as well, and we don't know. Maybe it is just all this negatives towards the Boston Celtics, and he's, you know, he can he can explain himself now, and and that's that. But super sticky situation for the for the Nets. I know a lot of fans are excited about the coaching change, but. Uh, I think they got to see like a slight improvement of play. You know, the Nets are sitting at two and six right now. Like, they, I think they got bigger issues or bigger fish to fry. But yeah, that's that's, that's here, here, yeah. here we are, twenty five minutes in, and talking nuts, talking, talking nuts drama, talking Brooklyn nuts. Let's, yeah, let's get into let's let's before we get into our preview for tonight's. Uh, Tonight's matchup that could divide this podcast for the rest of time <laughs> at this point. Let's take a look at the – let's just take a look at the standings a couple weeks in, guys. Mm-hmm. This is this is always fun for me. I think we look at this right now. I'm going to take screenshots of this, and then we're going to look at it again in like a month or whatever, just random times throughout the season. Because the I think what people – it's just Twitter in general. People just overreact to like the right. early seasons of everything like that. And it's just good proof to like watch the st- schedules play out and be like, oh yeah, these standings end up making sense. You got to get there somehow. You got to trust the journey of it. But it is just interesting to see play out. So just, I'm just gonna ask you guys if anything, what what in particular strikes you? We'll start with the East standings here, um, and if there's just anything that jumps out at you looking at this right now. East looks a lot more realistic than the West. We'll get to the West. Um, East looks a lot more realistic to me. Big one is Miami and Brooklyn. I, I think we're all down on Brooklyn, but I don't think they're going to be a two and six bottom three team in the East. And then Miami, I think Miami's just been playing well. They've had just a tough schedule. They've lost some weird games. I expect Miami to bounce back. But other than that, like you look at the top seven teams in the east you know maybe throw miami or brooklyn in at the eight spot but you look at those top seven you you know you can interchange those that's kind of a pretty good top seven of what it could end up like at the end of the year easily like the east has been very like realistic besides just a couple outliers yeah and I, i like that you brought up the heat because to me, when I watch the Miami Heat, I agree with you, Steve. I think I don't think they're playing poorly. I don't know how much further they can go with the this roster the way it's constructed. Say, are they just getting old? I well, I think it's that, and I, I think they just need to make a trade. Like I don't think mm-hmm. the the games where they're <clears throat> where they're playing guys like Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Even like a guy like Gabe Vincent, who's a much better defender than those three other guys I just mm-hmm. mentioned, but much smaller. Like 
to me, when I see them like actually lose games, it's because Struess is in there, you know, shooting the lights out. That's great. Duncan Robinson's hitting threes. Tyler Hero, even when he gets going, all three of those guys are liabilities at at the defensive end. And then you throw Gabe That's Vincent true. in, who's actually a pretty good on ball defender, but he gets a ton of minutes and he's just too undersized. Like you play you play a, a Milwaukee or a Boston or a Cleveland who has these big starting lineups where all their players are pretty skilled for the most part, you're, you're not going to get away with those guys right. playing 25-plus minutes a game for you. And, I mean, we know how how many trade talks Duncan Robinson's been in the last couple of years. It's, it seems like they just need to get a deal done and kind of reconstruct a little bit. And then, Jake, yeah, I think on top of all that, you have you have a guy like Lowry who will have big nights for you, but – there's, there's Lowry, nice def- Lowry, you he, can't count on every night. No, no, no he he's super consistent. Yeah. And there's sometimes yeah. where he'll just refuse to shoot. Like Kyle yeah. Lowry will be wide I open. I think my biggest thing, Miami is the biggest thing that I wanted to mention as well. Everything else kind of looks the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Bam being – Bam last year, 19 points a game. Two years ago, 18.7. He's down to 17.6 again. I know it's early, but this is a guy that you – if to take the next step, you we really wanted to see his offensive game start. Yes. We know how great defensively he is. We know the type of playmaker he can be, but really just offensively has not taken that step. And he's also down re- in rebounds this year too. Um, so it's it's that's a it's a worrying trend, and I wonder if it has to do with – the effects of the other two stars advancing in age and not being able to take as much off his plate and he him not being able to handle that role as much as a scorer, a facilitator, whatever else. Because right now him and Hero are both tied 17.6 points. Mm-hmm. Um, off the, One of them needs to be at 20. Like it's just for this team yeah. to be successful, one of them. And realistically, Jimmy Butler leading the team with 21 and a half, both of them should be at 20 or right around 20. And – if those two, those are the two guys that are your building blocks for the future. If they can't be twenty point a game players, then what are we doing here? Like to your point, Donnie, what, where is that scoring coming from then? If it's not an inconsistent yeah. Lowry and a guy in Hero who you can't trust defensively every single night, so it's a mess there. Any other thoughts on the East? Um, I just I think want everything to say else looks good to me. Shout out Milwaukee Bucks. I did not think they would start this hot, um, especially you know yeah. they don't have Middleton right now. They still look pretty damn good. I thought their roster got thinner. Um, I didn't think they'd be this good, but it is Giannis. It is the Milwaukee Bucks, so just want to give them their flowers. But the only, only note- thing I'll say about the Bucks, they played five games at home, and they've had yeah. a very soft schedule so far. We haven't True. really seen the Bucks on a huge road test, but besides the first game when they beat up on Philly, well, they didn't beat up on Philly, but they beat Philly. It was a pretty yeah. good game, but it was a you know defensive game. They were really making Philly like they're deep, making Philly earn every ask you every possession yeah. but since then it's kind of been easy going for the bucks at home i'm, I'm gonna look up real quick yeah they played the Rockets at home the nets at home the knicks the hawks and the pistons at home those five teams maybe the knicks kind of a little exception there but the four and of those the pistons game was close don't play the defense game was close. just don't play defense yeah and they play the pistons i think again tonight right they yeah, play the pistons on i think they're home again which is mm-hmm. crazy i did just Milwaukee feels like they've been home every game. So, yeah, they're six yeah. and all. Giannis looks great. We all knew Giannis would look great. But the Bucks haven't really been tested yet to a game where they kind of, you know, would need Middleton as that second True. score to help Giannis. So that's the only thing I'll say about the Bucks. Six and all, yeah. yes, they're doing great. But it's I want to see them get tested. 
I will say, I was watching the end of that Bucks Pistons game the other day, that late game, that was a point I wanted to bring up. So thank you for bringing this up, actually. Because without Middleton, that late game offense and Giannis had five fouls, it was pretty, it was pretty gross. Yeah. And that's why they had trouble closing that game away. If Holiday's jumper isn't going, they really don't. And mind you, Connaughton was out as well. But this mm-hmm. is the guys we're talking about. We're talking about older Drew Holiday and Pat Connaughton you have to rely on. They really need Middleton back in a way. I just the only thing I'm gonna say about my Cleveland Cavaliers is my favorite stat looking at good teams throughout the year is the point differential and that plus twelve in six games yeah that's very it's very boosted up by blowing out the bulls um right now but the bulls aren't a bad team no but i'm just saying it's one game is skewing the data for six games at the moment so i think that'll go down but that is that overtime victory against us too though that ended up being like nine ten points i believe it it goes nine Yeah. yeah yeah it ended up getting away from it but that's that's just the one thing i'm looking for is if if the Cavs can keep that up or not even at that range but at around five four five doing it without six, garland too are, yeah. yeah that's is that's he playing tonight he is playing tonight yep let's go to the west though um because that's also going into one of my points here talk about the point differential look at the dallas mavericks in the 10 spot with the second best point differential in the west and i think that is the telltale yeah, sign change. of the dallas mavericks season this year though they're gonna be so like one way or the other because that mm-hmm. offense is really their engine and if they aren't shooting outside of luca in those games it's gonna be tough but i feel like that team should be like in the top four conversation by the end of it too well the crazy thing with the Mavs is you talk about having the Cavs game be the one skewed. The Mavs had the one game that skewed their point differential. They beat the Grizzlies by, I think, 40 points, yeah. which was a crazy when they killed the Grizzlies. But other than that, win or loss, Mavs have been – it has been a tight game down to the wire every single time besides that. And the Mavs have just been weird. And this is the reason I get so frustrated with the Mavs because you have a guy like Luca who's averaging, I think, almost 37 points a game so far. He's been basically flirting with a triple-double every night. But they just don't have consistent enough outside shooting with Luca. And you have Christian Wood had a couple great games to start. Dinwiddie's shown some flashes. But you guys got guys like Hardaway and Finney Smith who have just inconsistent from outside Bullock. Can- and go four for four from one night from three and then go one from six the next night. And it's just you when you have a superstar like Luca and you want to build around him, you want to get more consistency around him than inconsistency. And that's why I think we see the maps like this, where there will be a night they score 130 because Luca will get his teammates open, give them wide open threes. And if they make them and the maps are shooting 60, 65 percent from three that night, guess what? They're beating you by 20, 30 points. Doesn't matter what oh, yeah. team they're up against. Oh, yeah. But then you have games where it doesn't matter what Luca's doing. He can put up video game type numbers doesn't matter if his you know the shooters around him are combined like two of 20 from outside the Mavs are in a battle against anyone we saw that I think against the Thunder where they lost in overtime despite Luka going bonkers and it's it's it feels like I'm repeating myself but it's the third straight year it's the same old Mavs it's like if you I know you want to build shooters around Luka I completely understand that but you got to find a little more consistency and it's, I know Christian Wood has shown a couple flashes this year. He's actually looked pretty good coming off the bench. But if the Mavs want to actually become a legitimate threat to win a championship, there has to be more consistency than Luka run the offense and kick it outside and hope we make our threes. 
And you know, the other thing, Steve, is, you know, you can, I think you can have those inconsistent scores around your star if you're a team that can also turn around and tighten the boots up and play half court defense for a few possessions and know and count on your team to get a few stops when it matters. That's never been the Mavs identity since Luke has been there. And it sure isn't this year. Nothing's, I mean, these are things we were calling for in the off season, like put more consistent scores around her and then you need you around Luca and you need to be able to defend. Like you can, you can get away with Reggie Bullock being your shooter on your team. If your whole starting five is, you know, a high-powered offensive guys. Not if it's just Luca, and that's one of his better shooters around him. That that's not going to cut it. They don't play half-court defense. So, as much as I think the ten seed will change for them, they might be closer to five hundred than we thought, which is what they're sitting at right now. If if you know that if someone doesn't step up or if they don't make a change, because obviously it's still so early. Um, but right. something something I'm noticing that now that I'm looking actually looking at these standings, I did say last week that the Jazz and Spurs, you know, we could we could blink an eye and turn around and next week and they'll be at the bottom of the West. They're still the four and uh they're still the three and four seed guys. They are. Yep. The they Jazz are, are six. Well, I mean and the, two. the Warriors, the Clippers, three and five, three and four down there the, right now. Like the West is a mess compared to the East. Mess. And, and the mess. West Guys, the Lakers the are West. one of the worst teams in the league. Oklahoma City's got a winning record. Well, <laughs> Shea is maybe it's taken a level. He might have taken a leap. Yeah, he might, might he might have taken well, a leap. I think he kind of took that leap last year, but people didn't really last, realize yeah. it because it was at the end of the year. Yeah. He is super. We were strong. honestly, I think, Donnie, I think you and I had Shea in some props by the end of last year, where we were just yeah. like he had like oh, thirty-seven yeah. last night. Like, yes, we're gonna we're gonna bet. That. Like, I think that we were hitting that. And he's yeah he's been continuing that and honestly they have good young pieces and imagine what they imagine what they would look like with Chet Holmgren. Oh, and Josh Giddy's been hurt for and a few been hurt. Yeah. It's and just been Shea. It's it's crazy. OKC has so much potential because not only do they have you know you'll have Giddy this year he's he's finally healthy again and then hopefully Chet next year but you got picks on picks on picks on picks on picks. And you can turn those picks into assets. You can turn those picks into players. You can turn them into the other picks and trade up. You can do whatever you want. OKC has so much, you know, untapped yeah. potential. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but it's nice to see them winning games right now with potentially, you know, the face of their franchise out for the year with an injury. Yeah. If you're an OKC oh. fan, you got to feel good for the first time, I think, since you had KD and Westbrook there. Yeah. So is it? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, isn't it wild? Because, you know, talking about the Thunder, talking about the Jazz, talking about the Spurs, all three teams that we thought would be in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. who who are we looking at that's realistically in it? I mean, the Rockets are doing a hell of a job down there at one and seven. Well, the Lakers They're, are going to get create a super team in New Orleans. That's what's going to happen. I was gonna say, yeah, the <laughs> New Orleans has the Lakers pick, so like they they better start playing. Zion, Zion and Wembenyana together would be. Adam Silver might just have to shut shut the shit down if that happens. <laughs> the Mavs being very sneaky, being competitive in a lot of these games, and still yeah, still keeping that record. And down. how That's how good the Pelicans important. have been with Zion and Ingram hurt? Yeah, I mean, Zion missed yeah. a few games. Ingram's been out for One a few, and they haven't missed the a beat. They the haven't missed a beat. Trey game. Murphy has looked unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable so far this year coming off the bench. I, 
the Pelicans, if the Lakers. Lakers, if the Lakers just are are bad because you know you got LeBron, AD, and then whatever else you got on that team, and they're actually losing, and they they're not going to really have any desire to win games, especially if they don't think you know they're. I think they'll make a trade, but who knows? It doesn't even matter if it's Wembenyama. If the if the Pelicans get a high pick, that's terrifying. Doesn't matter yeah. who it is. It's. I mean, at this rate, there's no way around it. Like, I don't think the Lakers are a fixable situation. That's I don't crazy for me to say for a LeBron James led team. I'm gonna watch. I haven't really locked into a Lakers game yet this year. Successfully avoided those two late. Pelicans Lakers tonight. It's happening tonight. It's hap- I have the time tonight. I'm gonna sit. It's gonna be my cold. Le- Here's the annoying thing today, guys. This is the league completely popping. Games of both teams that I love to watch and have out-of-market packages to watch, both on national TV tonight. Like, I don't like that these – usually scrub teams. No one wants the Cavs on national TV. No one wants the Sabres on national TV. Yeah. How does it end up the same night? So I'm, I'm working the streams heavy tonight. Yeah, you got but as I was going to say, Lakers, going. nice league pass. Dude, yeah. Pelicans-Lakers is going to be fun either way. I mean, I am – It's, it's fun for a lot of different reasons. I am <laughs> shocked that's not on national TV. I am shocked it that is, they put uh, LeBron Zion. Grizzlies Blazers is yeah. yeah. No, I with no uh with no Dame. Dame, Dame right? and John, oh no Dame. Okay, yeah, that's no right. Dame. Do we want to get into Celtics Cavs here? Yeah, yeah let's, well. let's end with that. Let's end with it, Donnie. We had a crazy affair that you were at Friday yeah, night in the boots on the ground, man. Um, that was I did not get to watch. Game. I got to watch most of the second half in overtime. Um, so I want to hear from you about just your thoughts on both teams in that game. It felt like a heavyweight affair, though. Like, I was listening on the radio, actually, for the first half because I was back home in Buffalo, and so League Pass, for some reason, doesn't work for Cavs games in Buffalo, even though you can't watch Cavs games on TV in Buffalo. I hate blackout rules, dumbest things in the world. So I was listening until I could – I was at the casino, actually, losing money in the slots, listening to the Cavs Celtics first half. Then I watched the second half. So that's what that was the amount of the game that I saw. But from what I could hear, I love listening to games on the radio because you can hear the crowd just so much purer. And that place sounded insane for an early October matchup between the Cavs and the Celtics. And then it looked that intense watching it on TV. So give me your breakdown of the whole the whole night. Yeah, so I'll start by saying, like, I usually leave any sports game I go to when my team loses. Like, I usually leave pretty pissed. I'll I'll give it to like myself the benefit of the doubt. It was, and this may had it to uh, have to do that. It was also my birthday that day that I Woo! I kept good spirits. But <laughs> but I left there being like, damn, that was just like a good game. Like, of course, like Celtics had like a bit of a collapse in overtime. But, like, the back and forth, the, the game, like, the Celtics went up, like, 15, I think, at one point in the third yeah. quarter. And it was it didn't feel like a blown lead, though. You know what I mean? Like, both teams are just playing that good. They have their own runs. I mean, you got, the Cavs wow. came out and punched us in the mouth. Like, they, you guys were up big in the first quarter. Yeah. Car- you got the Karis LeVert game. That yeah, I what got into him? He always <laughs> kills us, bro. He but always he kills won. the and Celtics. Had, and then he had one point on Sunday against I, the- <laughs> I saw that, too. Literally infuriating, bro. Karis LeVert is a Boston Celtics killer. He did it on the Nets. Bro. He did it on the Pacers. Oh, my God, man. The Cavs now. But, yeah, like, like you said, man, the place was electric. I mean, Boston Garden is never – you know, it's never never anything to scoff at. It's always pretty electric for any any sports oh, yeah. event going on in there. 
Um, actually, for the last four minutes of um, regulation and then the whole overtime period, if you guys can believe this, I was – we had – it was weird. We were in the balcony, but we were in, like, the front row of our section. So we, had, we were, like, elevated a little bit, and, like, there was, like, glass. And I kept having to have people get up every time. Like, I had to, like, go get a beer or go to the bathroom or whatever. And it was the fourth quarter, the last time I got up. So I didn't want to like keep making everyone in a row stand up. So I actually stood below the elevator part, just like in front of the people that I was with for the last four minutes of regulation and the whole overtime period. And it was honestly electric. I was just like, no, the ushers weren't yelling at me or anything. I was just standing there like just vibing, mesmerized, you know, Jalen Brown's and one dunk on Donovan Mitchell was insane. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic game. I mean, any Cavs Celtics game this year, or if they happen to meet in the playoffs, it's going to be must-watch. Um, and now, now we have it tonight. We do have it tonight. Back in Cleveland tonight. Um, yep. Cleveland is going full out for this national TV appearance. There's a blackout going on, black shirts for every seat in the arena. And I've told oh, my oh. friends to steal one for me because they look sick. Like, they did, they, they're they not some cheap, dingy shirts. You should have seen the shirts I got. Speaking of a sorry, a bad game for you, Dunny. When I went to the playoff series for the Celtics Cavs, they gave me a shirt that it was like looked like it was just like screen printed on. It was like Cle- just said Cleveland. I don't even remember what it said. It was literally just like a regular white T-shirt had like a Cavs logo. You could tell they pressed on there, and it said <laughs> I really don't remember what it says. It just said Cleveland in black letter, whatever. It looks very nice, nice. So they're taking it a big deal. Another great place when it gets raucous. It'll have a great environment. Darius Garland's back tonight. So yeah, all that's those huge. things me, would make me want to be like, oh, yeah, Cavs, like, the, the way they played Friday they, with Garland back should be good. But I think the Celtics are going to be pissed and probably a little more motivated and love coming into that place. Tatum loves coming into that place and lighting up the Cavs. Like, he has had some great games there. Jalen, yeah, too, yeah. has some great why games. Do guys, why do you guys uh, retweet from the Happy Hour Hoops account today? Tatum's first points was, was in that. Well, that's right? because your our mutual friend Brett sent it to us in part of his shit talking this morning. Just, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. just, a little, just a little emoji or whatever in there. But, yeah, I mean, great moments for Tatum in there. I'm terrified of the Jays in any, any amount of time, any kind of game, and think they're going to come in firing. I think the over is a safe bet. I know that me and you yeah. both have the opposite sides. Of the teams, I know. Obviously. I didn't. Over. I didn't see yeah. until until we were starting this that that's who you took. Yeah, well, I changed it. I was just like, I can't not like. I, I would look so soft if the Cavs and Celtics are playing each other, and I don't pick the Cavs <laughs> here. Like, well, I'm gonna pick the Hawks. Like, I don't especially even like the after, Hawks. especially after you won, you won I'm, Friday. Yeah, and won Friday. They're, yeah, you can take the points with the Cavs tonight. They don't even have to win. I know. I know. Oh. They could lose by by one. I'm safe. Total is only 220. That's a low total for yeah. this game, what I expected. And granted, because they're, they're expecting last the time, lockdown but... after the. Well, yeah. Really, but that, they're expecting the lockdown after 41. You know, it was 40 bombs and 35 bombs from everybody yeah. involved on Friday. Well, so, Jay, both Mitchell me... and Levert scored over 40, right? They 41. both had 41. Yeah, they both had 41. Yeah. It was yeah. their Kyrie LeBron game. They Insane, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You could imagine I was in disbelief. I mean, every time Mitchell, every time Mitchell scored, I'm like, yeah, this is just, this is just overtime. Also, is ridiculous though. Levert has no. Levert does not make those shots game to no. game. Like he's just no, making no. back. And he's it was like people over. Like the Celtics kind of like put their foot down the first like 45 seconds of overtime too. I'm like, all right, like this is oh, great. I was scared. Yeah. And then it was just like boom, boom. <laughs> like bro, what is, what is even happening right now? 
but no, Mitchell, man, it was that was a treat to watch him in uh in person because I know I've mentioned this on this pod before, but like I love that's what I like I love most about going to Celtics games is like the opponent I get to check yeah. off the players I've seen in person and like obviously I tally it with like notable guys, but like yeah, mm-hmm. I had never seen Mitchell in person before. No, that was awesome. He's electric, man. Like he that, that that's just what he does, and I think obviously Cleveland's not like a huge market for basketball but bigger than utah so i i think bigger more eyes will be yeah. on him more eyes will be on him this year it's it's good He's for him killing it so far this year yeah i do want to ask you guys though because we mentioned well we i will say this. too anthony edwards is finding out how hard it is to play with rudy gobert so the mitchell yeah. mitch i think and the way mitchell looks without <laughs> gobert i think we're learning about about what it's like to play with rudy gobert yeah. with those two guys yep um i do want to ask you guys this though garland back tonight we mentioned it I would imagine this changes the rotation a bit for the Cavs. I, that's uh, the most interesting thing. I would tonight, assume I Lavert comes and off the I bench, think, right? Lavert's yes, starting. I think. I was, is he starting yeah, tonight? He is starting. Is he? I don't know. I don't know if they. I would. I would assume it depends if they're limiting Garland or not, right? Because if Garland's night, a full go, I'd assume they'd have Lavert come off the bench, give him some bench scoring, and they'd still night, keep Lavert in there, the right? Opening night, Levert was the starter with them. He was? Okay. Yeah. So that I'm just wondering if JV just goes back to what he wanted to see with his rotation opening night because he never really got yeah, true. to see it at all. It is, yeah. The starters are out 14 minutes ago. Garland, Mitchell, Levert, Mobley, Allen. Okay. So, so, so and, and um, Garland's going to get a full go. There's no limit on him tonight. You what think? I heard. That's true. Okay. I mean, he, he just is supposed to be just going tonight. I assume that it'll be like maybe 30 minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. But I don't think he lost any of his um, conditioning or anything. He's still been practicing, no. running yeah. around. Yeah. Just with and his eyes. And he was supposed to come back Friday, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, right. so. Just like this. <laughs> yeah, they were they were they were thinking about it Friday, and then I think they just decided to to give it the weekend and just give it a little bit but extra time. My point with all that was. What do you obviously like? No brainer. Rather have Garland in the lineup, but we haven't seen much of the the Mitchell Garland. Also, Mitchell's looks like a better defender, so this argument argument may just have no legs. But do you, do you worry a little bit about about the defense with with Garland being back because you can't you can't go as big as you guys had been going yeah and this is kind of more specific to like the type of players the celtics have i guess because i don't know if you're in a game against like well, i guess most Brooklyn. teams is not gonna matter yeah, yeah like yeah tatum and tatum and brown are such like hybrid guard forwards that are tough to guard as is yeah. and then you have and then like brogdon smart and Derek white aren't small either so um, i'm interested is, i'm interested about that with the way I've noticed it, at least the last now two years of JV Bickerstaff, he's just going to put whoever the guy is that he thinks is the best matchup and just and just go with that, especially with Mobley and Allen down low. Like, he has no problem. Like, it's going to be Levert on Tatum and Mitchell on Brown. Now, those are both plus matchups for those guys, but he right. also knows he has two giants down low that are going to make everything difficult in the paint. And if Tatum and Brown are going to beat them as jump shooters, then they're going to beat them as jump shooters. Like that's, that's yeah. fine with them. And so I think that that's like where his mindset is with this team, because Mitchell has been getting, Mitchell's been getting, like, I think Mitchell probably had Jalen a lot of that game, checked him a lot of that game. I don't remember off the top of my head, but Mitchell's been getting, you know, high scores, high profile scores in his, in his matchups. 
in a lot of these games, not the whole time, but been getting, mm. taking on those responsibilities. And I think it's just because JB wants like the, like the thing about Levert starting tonight again, too. He wants to load up those two big guys with as much offense as possible because mm-hmm. he thinks that they can just clean it up whatever defensively he can scheme it and they can clean it up as well as anything else. Now I will say Mitchell is definitely giving more of an effort defensively than he ever has Yeah, in Utah, yeah. but that's also like new trade bump, like trying to impress his teammates. I don't know if that stays consistent throughout the regular Honey season. Or not. Face, right? He's still in the yeah. honeymoon place. Exactly. We're still, it could be still like what there. you were talking about though. Like he's just playing more freely without a guy True. like Rudy Gobert. He seems like- happier. I mean, it was just so sour. It was just so sour yeah. in Utah. Like it's like he. This could just be the real Donovan Mitchell, which is scary. But like, he might have just been like, "I'm not giving you guys a full effort. Like, you guys yeah. aren't tr- making trades. We're not. We're just consistently good, Mitchell but taken not great." I mean, oh, I'm not yeah. just saying that from the cap. Like, he might have taken. No, I mean, another dude, league you you deserve the victory. Every Cavs yeah. fan deserves the victory laps right now for sure. Well, I think I mean, in a few months we're gonna have some crazy. Who would you rather have, Donovan Mitchell, compared to other stars? Yeah. If he keeps playing the way he is, and this was a dude people can were he saying get into not like, a legit one. Like exactly, get into the Mitchell. Yeah. Can he get into the Mitchell Tatum Luca conversations? Doing anything this year? Anything? I'm not saying he can either. I'm just I'm wondering from somebody who people who are more objective. Because right now, what is he averaging? He's averaging 32 points a game. I don't think he keeps that up. But if he's averaging above – and he's got seven assists too. Like it's – it is comparable to those numbers still very early. If those assist numbers stay there, I think he – and I think if those assist and still five rebounds, 4.5 rebounds, I should say. Yeah, I think if those numbers stay there, then he like kind of has to. But I do still think right now that there's things that Tatum and Luca do that – that. Mitchell just can't. And those that I haven't are, seen. To be fair, between Giannis, Jokic, obviously, those two are free. Yeah, so it's exactly. Tatum, Tatum and Luca are the guys right there with those guys. So that's a that's right. a stretch. But Morant, I think it's, like those kind of guards. Morant is yeah. a big yeah. one too because I think before the year started, we were like it's a no brainer Booker over Donovan Mitchell, and Booker's been doing incredible himself as well. The Suns have been great, but Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, it might be closer than we thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one where I think I would go before I go to Tatum Luca. I think I you would and have that to go. Was kind right of, I'm there. with you there too because that was kind of it started as that too when the Suns were coming yes. up before they made the finals and everything. It really was Mitch. People there was like yes, a current of Booker at first, and Mitch was like, "Oh, but they're winning games." And then Booker eventually mm-hmm. overtakes him in that position and everything else. It's just interesting because I, you know, we talked about the Mitchell trade before it happened potential with the Cavs all of us and then afterwards obviously obviously I was more excited afterwards just being like okay we got this 25 point a game score like worst case scenario it adds a boost of that but he's been so much more of that but I don't, think I, ever, them right I don't think I would have imagined that I don't think no, neither would scenario I. what I would have imagined this version of him and especially without Darius Garland the be- who is, well, was the best player on this team before Mitchell showed up. And I don't think it's a good thing Garland got hurt, but maybe Garland getting hurt kind of helped Mitchell just run that Doesn't offense it though? for five games. Kind of just like a blessing in disguise? It, it kind of does. It, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens now with Garland back on the court with Mitchell at the same time. But we watched – Mitchell was just handed the keys to the offense as soon as Garland yeah. got hurt. They said, we're running the offense through you. I think he had like nine assists the first game Garland was hurt. Like he was the playmaker – which is something we didn't see much at all in Utah. So that's 
first off, that's a huge confidence boost for a guy with a new team, right? New players around him. The second game into the year, midway through the first, you're running our offense. And he's earned it because he's played, been the best player arguably on the court in every single one of the Cavs games so far this year. Good thing too is no less minutes for Seti and less minutes for Okora. This <laughs> well, listen, hey, I'm still on Chetty Island because he, uh, when he is streaky, when he's he was hitting his shots works. against us because and he's good was. defensively too. I'm done. Okoro, Okoro sucked. My man. friend, my friend just calls him a liar. All like apparently the first game of the season he was watching. <laughs> Brett the game. was telling me this. Yes, just calling, calling, yelling at Okoro, calling him a liar because there was a big <laughs> Cleveland.com piece that was a big puff piece on Isaac Okoro talked about how much he has worked on his three-point range and his jumper and he has yet yet Stevie to hit a three-point shot and his first, not a good his luck. first attempt hit the side of the backboard I'm pretty sure as well I feel more and more vindicated <laughs> that when we did our first draft podcast and I felt stupid for not knowing who the Cavs' top five pick was, Isaac Okoro. More and more vindicated every day by not having yeah. that pick. No, like, he's, he's all been real bad since he's been into the league. Man. Yeah, it's never been good. It's literally never been good. Um, can we talk about Jason Tatum for a second, though? Because yeah. as he's much good. as I want to talk about Donovan Mitchell and whatever else is exciting new toy over here, <laughs> I mean, it's not what – Tatum's doing, I think, as much for me, Dunny, as it is he looks so much more like a star. On Like, he knows that he's the star and knows that he's probably the best player on the floor every night. And I don't think he knew that before. I don't think he realized how good he could be. And then last yeah. year, something clicked last year, and he has realized it, and he is carrying it into that every single game. And Jalen Brown's always had that confidence, so he doesn't look any different. Yeah. It's just the results are catching up to him. Now it looks like Tatum's confidence is catching up to the skill set. Yeah, it's almost like they both share like the same mindset now because before <laughs> Jalen was the only guy who really showed like no emotion on his face, didn't smile, like mean yeah. mugged after a dunk. Never Jalen's never really a guy who like bitches at the refs. And, like, Tatum, that was, like, his fault last year. Like, he would, like, smile a lot. And, like, when he made a mistake, like, pretty careless or, like, pick up stupid texts. Like, now it's – he still argues with the ref for sure. But, like, now it's, like, stone face, like, not not looking to argue with anyone when he doesn't need to, going straight through people instead of trying to, like, just go for contact. Um, so mindset, I think is definitely like a big thing for Tatum this year. Averaging think- 55% from the field right now, which is fucking ridiculous. And you know, what's <laughs> crazy. This stat that I saw the other day, I'll, like I, I might get some of this a little wrong, but I know this is pretty much true for the most part. And it may have changed obviously. Cause I think this was Monday morning. I saw this stat. Jason Tatum is 10th in true shooting percentage in the NBA and the nine people ahead of him only have eight shots a game, and he's doing it on like nineteen <laughs> attempts a game or something. Yep. That's ridiculous. So he's he's tenth in true shooting percentage, and he has doubled shot attempts from the, from all the people in front of him. He's fifty five forty ninety right now. Yeah, which is elite company to be that fifty forty yep. ninety, but he's not only and 50, averaging 40. <laughs> thirty. Yeah, and averaging thirty and. He only played 27 minutes on Sunday, so he only had 23 points. And that that probably is the only reason he's as low as he is on scoring. He could be at like 32, 33 pretty easily after that. So, and I expect him to do that tonight. I expect 35 points 
from him tonight, like without a doubt. Just kind of penciling that in for the Celtics. Yeah, because that was the thing. Like, I feel like there were streaks of the game Friday night against the Cavs where it was like, oh, like where are the Jays at? Like, I feel like they haven't got a bucket in a while. And then box score, of course, it went to overtime, but like overtime games count for stats too. Like, you look down, both of them had 31 apiece. It's like, oh, yeah, no, they were there. (laughs) (laughs) They played. Yeah, they they just just do this. Yeah. Yeah. But Tatum's gotten to that point right now where he's so good when he just scores 30, it's like another day at the office. Mm-hmm. Like before, like before at this point last year, when Tatum was having 25 plus 30 point nights, we were like, Oh, Tatum's playing great. He's doing great. Now yeah. I love Tatum. Tatum went for 38 and six. Okay. Like good, good night. Yeah, and that's, that's where you want to be if you're a Celtics fan. Cause that's where Tatum's been trying to get to is where he's that type of superstar where you just expect these type of numbers every single night. Definitely. Yeah, man. It's it's wild. We're we're in for a good one, man. I th- you know, if we it's any, anything like Friday night, it's gonna be yeah. Right. That was a fun one. That was a really, really fun one. It's just gonna be rocking there. Anything else before we go, guys? I think we're good. We got a loaded slate tonight. I know you guys were talking yeah. about that game. I we briefly touched on it, but Pelicans Lakers is just gonna be a fun game just so for the type of players you'll see in that. But we got, a, I mean, a loaded slate. I think it's about 10, 11 games on tonight. A lot of fun games. I'm excited. Hawks, Knicks, you know, Trey Young owns the Garden. So I'm excited Jazz, to see that. Mavs. Trey, Jazz, Mavs. Jazz have been red hot. Luka Six, usually two. plays great against the Jazz. He's averaging 37 a game yeah, this year. I think gross, 37. Man. The craziest part, he's averaging 37 points a game, nine rebounds, eight assists. He's shooting 22% from three. Mm. Oh my God! And they have to take thirty-seven. I mean, you got Raptors, Spurs. Spurs are five and two. They have to lose at some point, right? They ha- they have to start losing at some point. I like. The and Raptors then I wish I wish yeah. Damian was healthy. But Grizzlies Trailblazers is always a fun league pass game where you know Anthony Simons. I know Dame not Only being there hurts Blazers, but Simons been unbelievable when they need him to be man. this year. Memphis only four and a half point favorites there too, so that's going to be a that'll be a good one regardless. Interesting spread, yeah. It is. That's a good ESPN. I mean, both the ESPNs are great. You go from Celtics, Cavs to Grizzlies, Blazers. How how can you complain about that on a Wednesday? The Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse is going to be electric tonight on a Wednesday night. They they're packing that. They're trying to pack that place out too, Dunny. They sent a thing on Friday that was like fifty percent off tickets for everybody if they wanted. For love it. game like it's, love it. it's all out for the for first it's the first national tv game in cleveland i think since lebron's been there so that's sick i mean is that I, true i think so that is why else would they go up there that, no, that can't be true that there's last, no way that could be true yeah that can't be true it was true I guarantee you it's true. We were we last year we were looking at the schedule like can we get an nba team yeah that's wild as you guys didn't have one last year it's not like you guys were no, they didn't, they didn't flex game. us in. They didn't flex us in to any of the late games. This one was That's actually a late flex. I think this was supposed to be um, a different game, and it was. And it got. It was only announced to ESPN a couple weeks ago, like after the season started. So yeah, yeah. it was probably supposed to be like Heat Nets or something. Yeah, yeah probably. I'm, <laughs> I'm used to this though. I'm used to this though. The Bills just had their first Sunday night game in front of fans in 15 years. The Cavs don't play on prime time. And then, like I said, the night I, I have League Pass. I don't have cable. I have League Pass. I have ESPN Plus to watch the Sabres. And both these fucking teams are on national TV. 
they need it. They need to be bad again. It's not worth it. Nah, you love it, Jake. You love it. No, because the streams have been the streams have been rough lately, guys. The yeah. streams have not been. It's been. A, it's been. A, you know, if you're an illegal sports streamer, you know there's sometimes where it's like a month where it's amazing, like perfect quality, almost up to speed, everything, and then you get some where the leagues are really cracking down, and it's slow. They're cutting out. So broadcast suspended. You got to go find a new one. Yep. Oh yeah. Maybe maybe I can give you one of my four league pass accounts that I've paid for and then got refunded. <laughs> see, see if any of those work for you. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what we can do. Um all right, I think that's it then, boys. So follow us at Heavy Air Hoops One, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy Celtics Cavs and the whole slate, and we'll be back next week, hopefully not talking about the Brooklyn Nets. We probably will be. Yeah. yeah.